even though we're actually uploading consistently so that's pretty cool it's fun we like having all our new listeners yeah we've been getting for us a crazy amount of listens and it means a lot so thank you everyone for being here yeah we really appreciate it and make sure you rate review and subscribe us because that helps us as well yeah if we you really like, us. like seeing reviews like we do honestly it helps a lot they're funny um and it just good feedback whatever you have let us know yeah we're still learning how mm-hmm. to do this we really haven't been at it for super long but no yeah so this week um the word that we're basing this episode off of is college mm-hmm. so uh, i had a good time researching this well not necessarily good time uh, my case is a little heavy just to warn you guys out the gate but i think it's important yeah and i like talking about things that i feel are important mine's a very emily topic uh you'll know when i get to it emily or you emily me emily there is a gore warning i don't know i wouldn't say gore more like a gross warning tummy tummy warning yeah if you yeah we'll just leave it at that yeah so emily how would you rate your pain today today i feel like the one ring to rule them all once it's been thrown into the lava pit of Mount Doom. <laughs> that was very poetic. I just feel really hot and um, kind of like I'm fading away into the lava. Yeah. So we were talking about this before we started, but like for people with endo, a lot of the time when you're having really bad cramps in your pelvic region, your whole abdomen area is really hot like even to the touch just Mm -hmm. because there's so much inflammation and angry stuff happening well and when i get migraines too i get really warm and so i'm just warm all over and i feel like i'm falling apart going back to my um state that is lava our house is making settling sounds scary (gasps) we forgot to tell them something yes guys we had a paranormal paranormal experience right before we started this episode so we were setting up and you know i was getting my computer ready and i was gonna i was searching something in my computer Mm -hmm. and my computer on its own started typing the equal sign like over and over and over like a cat stepping on your laptop Mm -hmm. but there's no cat here spoiler alert Mm. also like so i wasn't touching at all and i just go like emily like it's typing on its own and so i thought i was like oh my mouse is in my backpack maybe somehow that's typing mm-hmm. so i pulled the mouse out and it stopped and Spooky. i was like oh okay that was it but then i was like no i turned my mouse off and i looked it was still off mm-hmm. and i looked on my laptop and the bluetooth was off yeah so so like, basically the ghost is after you there's literally, because it's a Bluetooth mouse, it doesn't even have the USB plug-in at all. Yeah. I have no idea how this could have happened. Like, I had just restarted my computer, so it's not like my computer was running weird. Mm-hmm. My computer was running completely fine, and it has been, Yeah. like, literally all day. Because mm-hmm. I've been working on it. It's this room. When I was in high school, um, I used to have like an old speaker set from my brother it's just like one where you plug the aux cord into your computer Mm -hmm. my computer shut down like just shut down so weird the music was still playing though 
like I've had weird stuff happen with this computer and like just tech issues before like regular computer tech issues but it has never typed by itself mm-hmm. ever and I literally was not touching anything spooky it was really weird I've never had something like that happen to me so like anyway and like literally the last episode that we recorded here was the one with our friend Alyssa where she told us about a lot of hauntings so I'm like dang it she left all of her energy here we need to call her and tell her to take it back (laughs) take it back with her please anyway um my pain scale um so i i don't know if you've heard of this game you probably have everyone's heard of this game uh mortuary's assistant yes uh and there's this one part in the embalming process where they like stick an instrument in your belly a trocar thank you uh, <laughs> and like they pump you full of things and you're just like basically releasing all your juices onto the table that's what i feel like that was really graphic i apologize really graphic but i get it like i feel super bloated my pelvic pain has been so intense this week that it literally physically hurts to eat yes like mostly at night usually in the morning i'm okay but like the longer i'm awake the worse i feel mm-hmm. <laughs> so like by come dinner time like food hitting my stomach is like excruciating you need a good old reboot oh 100 percent. i wish we could just do that like being embalmed sounds really nice right now i always think about always think that about a lobotomy yeah like lobotomy always sounds good like i know it's not good and it's terrible and terrible things happen to people but like it could feel good yeah anyway also (laughs) I'm thinking right now, um, I wish Dutch had DoorDash as an option, because I want caffeine really bad. (laughs) I had a chai, but I'm still just so tired. We need an assistant, Emily. We do. To fetch us caffeine. Assistant for hire. I'll buy your Dutch. (laughs) Yeah, and you get to sit and hang out with us. (laughs) Yep, that's the pay. (laughs) Anyway, um, let's get it started. This podcast contains sensitive material such as violence, murder, paranormal activity, and other adult topics, so listener discretion is advised. While we do research all of our episodes, we are just two Emily's with a microphone and a passion for all things spooky. Take it with a grain of salt. All of our sources will be in the show notes. Or not, we're really bad at that. So.
Okay, Emily, what do you have for us this week? Okay, this is a bit of a stretch. Um, Remember, our word is college. Our word is college. So I thought maybe it's something I learned in college or something I learned while I was in college. Um, what did you study in college? Family history and genealogy. Wow. Um, so basically nothing. Okay. But I was also in the funeral home. I was working at the funeral home while in college. So that's kind of where my idea went. You have the most interesting life. Thank you. I don't think I do, but that's very kind. I didn't go to college, so like automatically your major is going to be cooler than mine. I never finished. Because I was going to major in business. Hey, I went for a semester. That's good. I didn't do anything. There's still time if you want to. I didn't take a real class, though. So. Well. It's a long story. It's fine. Go ahead. Um, so I'm going to be telling a few stories about a few different mummies. Mummies? Mummies you can find on display. And it's a very specific tie to college. Okay. So the first story is about Jeremy Bentham. Um, he is displayed at ULC right now. I think it's ULC. Okay. UCL. I'm so dyslexic. Pardon me. <laughs> Um, dyslexia in real time, folks. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm going to go with this. Okay. I saw him and I, I like was like, it. oh, he's pretty cool. I should tell my friends about him. And then... You're all our friends now, by the way. Yeah, correct. You're all my friends. And then I was like, well, I can't just do it on him because it's pretty short. So I was like, why not yeah. give you guys a collection of a few of my favorite mummies? So that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Emily secretly has a tier list of mummies. It's not even a secret. <laughs> Come find me if you want to know about the mummy deets. Um, so, um, you're like a guy with a trench coat selling secrets. Yeah, but they're just pictures of mummies instead. Emily's actually a mob boss. Remember when she held me at gunpoint that one episode? When was that? Like one of our first. It was episodes? one of our first episodes. You were doing finger guns at me, and I was like, "Guys, Emily has me at gunpoint," and I was dying. You're welcome. Not actually, but... <laughs> I was actually holding you at real gunpoint. No. Okay. Guys, it's a trap. It's a trap. She needs She's help. She's making me do this and we're not even making money. <laughs> She's crying. <laughs> it's fine. We're fine. Something you need to know about me is I can literally cry on command. Listen, we're okay. <laughs> no need to make any phone calls. I'm going to tell you about... I'm going to get a hold of myself. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm going to tell you about Jeremy Bentham now. So, Jeremy Bentham was a philosopher and political radical who formed the theory of utilitarianism. I got it right on the first try. That was very impressive. Thank you. I would not have been able to do that. Pro. I'm a pro at reading sometimes. Um, so, basically, that argues that an action is right if it creates happiness and the greater number of people... Um, and is wrong if it produces the opposite effect, whatnot. If you like oh, philosophy, okay. go look that up. Yeah. Not why I'm here. Um, in his will, Bentham... That's kind of a big deal, though, that he did that. Yeah. Like, That's crazy. Yeah, for sure. So, in his will, Bentham requested that his body be preserved and fashioned into what he called an auto-icon. Ew. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a task which was carried out by his friend, Surgeon Thomas South- Southwood Smith. Um... So, he's a narcissist. Sure. Okay. Sorry. So, what is on display right now of his body 
Mm-hmm. He wanted it perfectly preserved. And when I you look at... I've heard of this, actually. I've shown you a picture before. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go look she it up if you want. She shows me scary things. Listen, this is not attack Emily Alvarez. <laughs> um, I am the victim. You are not! <laughs> These guys are the victims. I'm quoting a TikTok sound, I promise. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'll stop bullying you. It's okay. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I'm going to stop giggling now because it's probably really annoying. We are getting nowhere with this episode. I'm so sorry. Nowhere. So I'm going to tell you what he looks like Uh right now. Yeah. So he wanted to look like a perfectly preserved person. Um, But what you see is not the same. Yeah. So... His whole body was on display for a really long time, mm-hmm. but his head is severed from his body. Mm-hmm. So his body mm-hmm. is real, real skeleton body under the clothes that he wears, but okay. his head figures wax. But in twenty, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, in twenty seventeen or twenty nineteen, his head was stolen as a prank. I'm so sorry. No, it's really funny. Okay, but like I'm laughing because. It's not real human remains. It is. His head was stolen. His real head? His real head not was his stolen. Wax head? Not his wax okay, head. Okay, I'd recount my laugh a little bit because it's really bad to steal remains. That's really terrible. But, like. <laughs> yeah. Where did they put that? Ew. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. Disrespectful. But eventually they got it back, but they didn't put it back on display. So you can't. Do you think they called the FBI for that? Probably not. Okay. They'd have been like, please return our head to the front desk. <laughs> it's like uh, Percy Jackson when he sends Medusa's head to to kill his stepdad. And also, no, he sent it first to Olympus. That was cool. We don't know where Do this head's that? been. No, it's been a hot minute. But okay. it's fine. I was going to reread them before the new series came out. There's um, a new series coming? Oh, the show. Yeah, the show. The Sorry. Show. No, no. But yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyways. So the head was stolen, it got brought back, so you can't actually see the head anymore. But if you Google Jeremy Bentham head, his real life head will come Is up. Is that why it's a wax head now? I'm not sure, actually. I think it was severed in the original process when the surgeon Thomas Smith did his thing or okay. whatever. I guess that makes sense. But you can see his real body. Like, the head is wax. Interesting. But his real life skeleton is under all the clothing and stuff. Okay. And he's still there, because that's what he wanted. So it happened, and he wasn't perfectly preserved, but they did a they did an all right job. So yeah, you can just see him now, um, in a fully transparent case. That's crazy. Um, you probably mentioned this, but when did he die? Um, he lived from seventeen forty eight to eighteen thirty two. Okay, so that's probably why he's not perfectly preserved, because that was he's leathery. That was a long time ago. He's a bit leathery, but it's not like. It's not, like, terrible, right? Skeletonized or anything. Like, you can... Okay. Well, I don't know. Because he's wearing gloves and mittens and stuff. But it's That's still sitting there. That's probably the best, though. Yeah. Yeah. The Yuck. way his head looks... Mm. I think I remember a little, like, what you showed me. And I said, Emily, that's the definition of Uncanny Valley. I'll show you. Hold because on. Uncanny Valley comes from our minds hardwired like, fear of dead bodies so that we stay away from them and don't, you know, catch diseases and stuff. And, like, we'll be motivated to bury them, I guess. (laughs) 
But, like, we're literally hardwired to fear dead bodies, so it makes sense. Some of us don't, but that's okay. So that's his body. That's the wax head. And if you scroll, you'll see his real head. You mean the one by his feet? No, not that one. What head is that? Let me see. Maybe it is. I just didn't think I saw his real head. What is that? (laughs) It's literally by his feet. Ew, that is his head. It's really creepy, guys. Scroll, it's grosser, funnier in the next picture. Ew. Are you looking at the right picture? I think so. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I'm not posting that on our Instagram, I'm sorry. Our post will get taken down. Please Google it. It's so funny. Yeah, it's this one. That's what his head currently looks like. Yuck. His face does- It looks fake. It does look fake. Like, his eyes, of course, are fake, but everything else is real. Yeah. Not in my top ten choices of how I want to be, um, you know, buried or whatnot after death. No. For listeners who don't want to Google, I'll just give you a mental picture. So, it's a head shape. Um, but but imagine it's, like, covered in bacon. It looks like jerky bacon. His skin looks like leather and it's like it looks darker than it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and his hair is like white he still has hair it looks like he's a really bad wig yeah like a pe- like a hair extension on the back of his head it looks like he's cosplaying as a corpse yes and then he has like blue glass eyes placed in it's really weird it's weird really funny i'm not necessarily scared of it i just think like Ugh, you know i just think it's really funny quite honestly okay so, now I'm going to move on to the next mummy. Okay. Um, this one's called the Toland Man. Um, I think I've heard of this. You probably have. On the 8th of May, 1950, Pete Cutters, Emil and Vigo Hogard, I don't know how to speak that language, um, stumbled upon a corpse in a peat lair in a peat bog near Slykebork, Denmark. I don't know if I said that right. Please correct me. That's okay. Um, they were startled. His stubble and woolen cap were still visible, his features were easily identifiable, and the noose around his neck trailed behind him. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Fearing that he was a recent murder victim, the brothers alerted the police. However, to international amazement, it was soon discovered that the body in the bog was an extraordinary 2,000 years old, and likely the victim of a ritual human sacrifice. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. And... Like, bogs like that are literally known to be able to preserve bodies for whatever reason. I don't really know the science behind it, but, like, it's a thing. I can tell you. Thank you, Emily. So, unlike most ancient humans, bog bodies often retain their skin and internal organs due to unusual conditions of the surrounding area. Combined with highly acidic water, low temperature, and lack of oxygen preserve, but severely tan their skin. Mm-hmm. While the skin is well preserved, the bones are generally not due to the dissolution of the calcium phosphate by, uh, of bone by pizza city. Interesting. So there are bog bodies, multiple. They're bodies yeah. found in bogs because they're so well preserved because mm-hmm. of what not found in the bogs. Um, the Tolan man is the best preserved one, though. Like Interesting. Well, he was. So the body is displayed at the... Slykeborg Museum in Denmark, mm-hmm. although only the head is original. The body is displayed at Slykeborg Museum in Denmark, although only the head is original, because conservation techniques for organic material were insufficiently advanced in the early 1900s. 
for the entire body to be preserved. The forensic examiner suggested that he be severed and the rest of the body be unpreserved. Yeah. Gotcha. I read that really weird. But, so basically, they can save the body. They're like, we're just going to save this head. So, when you do go to the museum in Denmark, you'll see the full body, but it's a recreation. Because they took pictures okay. and everything. They just couldn't yeah. save the body. I get that. They're like, if we want to do this the right way, like, let's do it the right way f- to the best of our abilities. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. So, in Denmark, more than 500 bog bodies and skeletal remains dating back to the Iron Age have been discovered. Specimens from Jutland include a, well- a relatively well-preserved Bormors bodies. So, approximately 30 of these bog bodies are housed and or displayed in Danish museums for continued research. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really interesting. I would, if you're interested, just Google bog bodies or Tolman and it'll pull up. Mm-hmm. Like, it legit, you would not think that they are as old as they are. Yeah, the fact that he thought it was a recent murder victim is crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and the reason that they had found out that he was probably a ritual killing mm-hmm. was because the guy was, like, smiling. He was just chilling. Oh, And also, okay. like, I can't remember what else it was, but, like, he was well-fed and stuff. Like, he gotcha. had had a so, full like, meal. So, like, he wasn't a prisoner. Yeah. He wasn't a criminal necessarily, like... Mm-hmm. He probably consented if he thought he was yeah, helping them in helping some way. Them, for sure. So that's the bog bodies. I'm going to share one more mummy with you. Um, it is in Japanese. I'm very white. So I apologize in advance, but I'm going to try my best. So they're the monk. This is a monk mummy from oh, okay. Japan. Mm-hmm. I found most of my information on Mummypedia, by the way, and Wikipedia. Mommypedia is a real thing. Highly recommend. So, um, I'm gonna share the name of the monk. I'm gonna try. I believe uh, in you. Dijaku Batsu Shinyokai Shonin was born in 18th century Japan in the village of a s- something. I'm so sorry. The name was not bad. Thank you. I um, think at least. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just as white. But from a young age, he began to show a strong interest in the teachings of Buddhism. This led him to join the priesthood of the Daninochibo Temple, where his early 20s, he developed an aspiration to become a living Buddha and spiritually transcend from his mortal body. So the reason the monks do this is like a spiritual reason, but they prepare themselves years in advance to become these living mummies as Mm -hmm. you would. So, the preservation process began when he was 96 years old through a Buddhist self-mummification ritual known as Sokoshinabutsu, practiced by 11th to 20th century ascetic monks um, in order to achieve absolute spiritual righteous or absolute spiritual enlightenment. So, for, among Buddhists, the Japanese monks were the most successful in this process, resulting in over two dozen of the so-called living Buddhas, which is a lot. That is a lot. So, from his early 20s, he followed a protocol of strict religious practices that included a rigorous diet called mojuki, uh, eating a tree or wood. So, he only ate and consumed what could be found on trees that were surrounding the temple. So, like fruit? Um, nuts, pine seeds, pine needles, barks, roots. Um, Jeez. And, yeah. He would exercise regularly, 
and would only drink water, like, whatnot, like... Peace and love, that sucks. The water that they could find right there. That sucks. Man loved it. Um, Good for him, I guess. His main goal know. was just to keep his body fat to a minimum. Yeah. And it helped him live that really long life. Yeah. So, at the age of 96, close to the end of his life, he put himself on a radically stricter diet consisting of only salt, water, and poisonous tea created from the sap of a urushi tree, normally used to lacquer bowls and wooden furniture. Hmm. Yeah. Tasty. I said furniture. I meant furniture with a T. That's okay. Um, so yeah, they were basically poisoning themselves. Mm-hmm. The urushi is a plant from the same family as poison ivy and possesses a strong irritating component. Um, that penetrates the skin and triggers an intense allergic reactions because Cute. it's used to, like, finish wood. Mm-hmm. So it's nasty. Mm-hmm. The consumption of the Yurishi tree causes vomiting, pain, and masses, massive loss of bodily fluids. And it purposefully kills off any organisms that could cause body to decay, such as parasites and some types of bacteria. So he would be drinking this during the final days of his life. That's crazy. So, like many other monks attempting the status of living Buddha, he was sealed away in a barren tomb and meditated until his passing. According to the tradition, the tomb was only opened after 1,000 days and the body was found to be successfully mummified. The environmental conditions of the mostly airtight tomb, low fat, and toxic aspect of the body after the tea were ideal conditions for this process. And thus he became a living Buddha. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I've heard of those before. Like, I think I've seen pictures as well. I don't know why I see so many mummies, but I'm I do. But, like, I didn't know that was what they did to accomplish that. That is crazy. Like, insane amount of discipline. Mm-hmm. Insane amount of discipline. Well, and the fact they're like, yeah, I'm pretty close to the edge of my life now. I'm going to start drinking this tea. We're going to mummify. And then they just meditate until they die. That's brutal. He, like, could not have felt good no there's no way no absolutely not wow i wonder how long they would have lived if they didn't yeah do that though because, because they only the ate like diet pine nuts and water that was from the freshest waterfall or how whatever are they not starving all the time they probably were okay but i mean their prob their bodies were probably used to it after like however many years i like food way too much same i like myself way too much mm. peace and love Mm, I love hot Cheetos. Oh, yeah. Rip your stomach ulcers. R.I.P., but it's fine. Um, maybe they'll turn me into a mummy. Maybe. But that's Or maybe I... they'll decay your body faster. You know, I'm here for a good time, not for a long time. Okay. <laughs> As are all of us. Yeah. So that's all I have for you today. Um, I'm sorry I was a little all over the place. Hopefully you guys could understand me. No, I liked it. I like mummies. That's good. Um, Yeah. I'm just into mummies. Very macabre things, but you know, it's who I am. It's what you're here for. It is what it is. You signed up for this podcast. We don't make you listen to it. Exactly. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank okay, Emily. Okay. So, for the theme we have this week of college, I wanted to take the opportunity to talk about something that I think is important, as I mentioned in the intro. Um, so, I wanted to talk about... Um, a death as a result of hazing. Mm-hmm. So hazing can happen in college. It can happen in sports, like pretty much anywhere. Like even in the NFL, like 
It's crazy. Yeah. Like, I remember in high school, in badminton, someone came and did a mandatory presentation on hazing. And I was like, bro, we play badminton. Like, uh. But, like, you'd be surprised. It's crazy. So, I did a lot of research on this episode. I read a lot of hazing incidents and, like, it happens in sororities. It happens in fraternities. It happens in, um, like, even music groups. Mm-hmm. High schools, like, everywhere. Like, it's not just People one People can be mean. Really mean. Yeah. It genuinely does not make sense to me. So, if you don't know what hazing is, which you probably do, but um, basically, it's, like, to be able to be welcomed in a certain group or prove yourself to a certain group, whether that is a sports team or a sorority, what have you, you have to do some sort of task or challenge that is, like, humiliating, um, physically hard, some sort of drinking challenge, some sort of beating, something like that. Yeah. So, those are common reasons. So, there has been at least one hazing death each year from 1969 to 2021. What? At least one. I even read about one that happened in, um, like the early 1900s in this country. He was tied to the railroad tracks and there were no trains to be scheduled, but there was one that was unexpected. Listen, don't tie your friends to railroad tracks. Don't tell your friends to any kind of tracks. Literally so stupid. This kid just survived the Civil War and was finally able to go to college. Yeah. Yeah, and they claimed, like, you know, he wanted to do it. No. But the in his autopsy, like, his wrists and his ankles were dislocated from how hard he was trying to get away from the train. That's heartbreaking. Literally heartbreaking. I'm so sorry. By it's the way, okay. this case is going to be very sensitive in very various ways including um race issues um sexuality issues so if that's something you're sensitive to this might be something for you to skip i totally understand if you do we respect it it's okay yeah so also according to franklin college journalism professor hank newer over 200 university hazing deaths have occurred since 1838 with 40 deaths being between 2007 and 2017 alone. Bruh. Yeah. Alcohol poisoning is the biggest cause of death. Yeah. Okay. There was a recent one where um, each boy in her fraternity had to drink an entire handle of alcohol, which is a huge bottle. They use at bars. Yeah. Um, For those of you who don't know. (laughs) And, like, he died from it. His blood alcohol content was... Point four. Oh. Which is lethal. That is so sad. It is really sad. So this is why it, this is important to me because this is something that's still happening. It's unnecessary. Like these kids, like this is the start of your adult life. Yeah. And then, like it's taken away from them for no reason. Anyway. Just be nice to people. We can get into that later. We usually talk about stuff like that at the end of the episode. So moving on. Uh, Robert Champion was a talented clarinet player in Florida A&M's Marching 100, which had performed for presidents. It was, um, they played before a televised Super Bowl audience of 106 million. 
and they were even featured in many commercials. So, like, it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, He was so talented that he had rocketed through the ranks of the band and had been appointed drum major, one of six students who wore white uniforms and carried batons and led the band. He was in line to become head drum major the following year, the equivalent to a starting quarterback on a world-famous team of 350. So, like, he was one of six out of 300 people, 350 people in this band. That's crazy. Yeah, like, insanely talented. His parents said he loved music. He loved sharing music. Like, he was very passionate. Mm-hmm. So, even though six foot one, 235-pound champion was shaved head, warm smile, he was liked by most people... He occasionally let people slip into the cafeteria where he worked without paying, like, super nice. Mm -hmm. He had been catching grief from some members of the band. They challenged his newfound authority and openly disrespected him. Mm. So many people in the band thought Robert was homosexual and they did not care for him because he always upheld the rules. This is a quote from his friend, another drum major, Keon Helos. Mm-hmm. I believe that's how you say his name. I'm sorry. Um, he also said they did not care for him as a drum major simply because of these reasons. She's just like, no reason at all. No. Ridiculous. I'll fist fight him in the parking lot at 3 p.m. Oh, 100%. Broad daylight. <laughs> yeah. Let everyone see. <laughs> so he had one last challenge to go through before he became head drum major Mm -hmm. um he had to endure a painful secret ritual that was both intensely important inside the band and illegal in the eyes of the law Uh, he didn't have to do it but the pressure was very intense um bus c was reserved for the percussionists mostly upperclassmen the largest and rowdiest section in the band and if you wanted their respect and loyalty you had to pass the test So, police called it hazing, state law called it a felony, the marching band called it crossing bus C. So, you basically have to walk through the dark bus from the front to the back while the rest of the bus C band members beat you. What? While you walk through and you have to touch the back wall. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's really stupid. It's really stupid. Um, so, but before you can even do crossing bus C... You have to um, go through the hot seat. So, on the bus in transit, one of the bus seat leaders walks to the front and taps you on the shoulder. You uh, step backward down the aisle and you sit in the rear of the bus and put your head between your legs. Uh, They put a blanket over my head. This is a quote, by the way. (laughs) They put a blanket over my head and I was like in a crash position. And then they started beating me. This is from Requesta Hardin, a 21-year-old percussionist who was beaten that day on the way the game told, he told detectives this. Um, Then I couldn't breathe, so I got up and ran to the front. Those giving the punishment play cadences with the drumsticks on your back. The beatings last several minutes. Hardin grew ill and passed out after hers and couldn't perform with the marching band that day. What? Yeah, after enduring three or four hot seats, you were ready to cross over. No. It's ridiculous. I don't understand the power, like, the power struggle here. Like, I don't 
get it makes me really mad so if my voice is kind of shaky and i sound out of breath it's because it makes me upset also if the counter argument to this is that it's tradition you don't have to keep tradition move on yeah like people say that hazing continues because it's the mentality of like well i went through this they have to too and it has to be harder for them be a better person i had to do this no it's like ugh. It makes me so mad. It's called being the bigger person. Yeah. So on May 24th, 2012, after a Saturday night football game, Dante Martin met Robert Champion and his close friend Keon Hollis at the door of the 56-seat bus. Martin told Champion to sit on the right and Hollis on the left. He told them to bend over and keep their heads down. Champion had not taken a hot seat before, so Martin told some others to take care of him. They did, punching him, kicking him, and hitting with him with sticks as he covered his head and tried not to move. As they beat Champion, the first crossing began. Lizette Sanchez, 19, had bad kidneys and asked if they could avoid hitting her there. When she made it to the back of the bus, she was struggling to breathe and blacked out. Mm, no. Hollis was next. Martin told him to remove his shirt and raise his arms. Hollis held his, the luggage racks while Martin and April tarply prepped him by slapping his bare chest and back repeatedly. When they finished, Hollis ran toward the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. He was punched and kicked and smacked with drum straps and beaten with drum mallets. He fell and a swarm of bodies collapsed on top of him. Someone hit him with a yellow caution wet floor cone and then they said roof him instructions to lift him to the roof and drop him on the floor what so there's like a lot of people doing this on the bus like there's a lot of people on this bus yeah this is crazy it's a bus full of people yeah so when he finally touched the back wall his entire body was sore and he was exhausted and nauseated and missing a shoe but he Uh, was alive he made it okay so robert champion stripped off his white t-shirt and then adrenaline was surging through his body like he's ready to go from the back of the bus someone shouted send the n-word through no this is also why i said another disclaimer before this story and also why this story makes me so mad yeah not cool yeah so just a reminder they already don't like him because he's a rule follower And, you know, that doesn't play into the hierarchy that they have in place here. And, like, they don't like that he's nice and they think he might be gay, possibly. They don't even know. Why does it matter anyway? It literally doesn't. And clearly they have some problems with his race. It's, okay. These people are trash. Literally. Scrape the whole team, start over. Literally. I hope that's what happened. So he ran into the dark tangle of fists and feet and drumsticks. Hollies couldn't see what was happening to Champion from his seat in the back, but he could hear the punches and kicks making contact, he said. There were so many people. When Champion made it halfway, Hollies could see his friend fall, and he could see the mob grab him by the legs and drag him back to where he had started. Minutes ticked by as Champion fought, scrambling slowly down the 45 feet of aisle. At one point, the mob pushed him into a seat, and he couldn't break out. Someone hung from the overhead luggage rack and appeared to be stomping him. So, they were holding on Mm -hmm. to the rack and, like, lifting up and down and stomping on his chest for about 10 to 15 seconds. 
uh, entire body weight onto like his his heart his, stopped his body. right we're we're kidding yeah okay so um holly said two or three of the drum major majors were trying to help but they weren't doing as much against the mob um sean turner holly said jerk champion free and finally after more than five minutes of fighting shadows robert champion's fingertips touched the back wall he sat on the ground exhausted chest heaving he asked for water so someone handed him gatorade um the bus began to empty the drum majors left but champion did not follow holly's vomited in the parking lot jonathan jonathan boyce climbed back onto the bus to help champion few others were still there champion had begun to panic boyce said he was freaking out saying he couldn't breathe and he couldn't see even though his eyes were wide open and then he passed out so they felt for a pulse and they dragged champion down the aisle to the front of the bus daryl uh senior it doesn't matter began cpr robert champion vomited and his temperature began to climb Henry Nesbitt called 911 at 9.46 p.m. He told the dispatcher that his drum major was throwing up and had stopped breathing, but he said nothing about the beating. A few minutes later, an ambulance pulled into the parking lot and loaded Champion into the back. Um, he died on his way to the hospital. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like he was literally beaten to death. He was. Literally. That's so, his cause of death. Like, he would have yeah. been fine otherwise. Champion's autopsy would show extensive widespread contusions over his chest, right shoulder, arms, and back, and extensive bleeding in his tissues. The medical examiner would say he died from hemorrhage shock due to internal bleeding and blunt force trauma sustained during the hazing incident. No. So, police arrested 12 people on felony hazing charges. Um, The number of arrests made it one of the largest cases ever built around a hazing incident. Um, so we're going to get into the sentencing now. So Dante Martin, he was the one who, um, met them when they got onto the bus and like basically started everything. Mm -hmm. He was sentenced to six and a half years for manslaughter and hazing. All the charges are hazing and manslaughter. All of them. Um, Jesse Basic was sentenced to 51 weeks in county jail. After entering a no-contest plea to manslaughter, Caleb Jackson was sentenced to four years in prison, and the rest were given probation and community service. I don't even know what to say. Like, so, the whole, they say the whole reasoning behind the sentencing was because he consented to the hazing, hmm. which, that's not how hazing works. No. That's not how peer pressure works. And I feel like... I don't know. That's extremely unfair. Everyone else made it technically out okay. His parents have said so many times, like, my son did not die from hazing. My son died by being beaten to death by a bus full of people. Racist, (laughs) homophobic people. Okay, my thinking is, okay, so manslaughter means that it was not premeditated right it was planned it was planned so they already did not like him for stupid reasons and you know they were like okay like we know he's gonna you know cross over tonight this is our chance to get back at him 
for like being in high ranking and us not liking him for literally nothing for simply just living i'm just saying that like if they would have dug more into the cultural aspect of what happened i think they could have gotten at least second degree murder at least even first degree murder which means premeditated yeah which i feel partly it was um, if they hated this guy and were like, yeah, we're gonna get him into this hazing, hazing, quote-unquote. Like, there were three other people who went through this the same night, and, like, two of them were throwing up, and one of them was passed out. Like, mm-hmm. none of them got cornered into a seat and stomped on. No. Well, I don't think they were dragged back to the start, either. No. That's not rancid. That, not that hazing is ever fair, because no, by for definition sure. it's not, but, like, you can see the differences between in, the person they yes. liked and the person they didn't like. Yes. But my heart breaks for his family. Like, they yeah. still miss him oh, I'm sure. so much, but they said that he was such a sweet kid, and, like, he loved music, and they said if he was still alive today, he would be a music teacher. That's pure. And, like... They, this bus full of people ruined that. And, like, That's, even beyond that, alumni that let this continue. Yeah, like, you know what's going on. the reason that they're dead. Get rid of the whole bus, see, get a new bus. Yeah. Get a new band, start fresh. No one else is allowed to play. I will say for the year of 2012 when this happened, um, they did not play that year at all. Good. And I think the university president stepped down and the band president stepped down. Okay, I need more people to step down, please, because um, yeah. that's not okay. Yeah. And peop- I also found an article that said, like, there was a lot of other hazing incidents at the school, not only in the band, at the different levels of the band, mm-hmm. but also in the sororities and fraternities and other sports. And, like, they were just going unnoticed. And, like, people died during incidents, too. What school, school is this again? Florida A&M. Okay. I think that's what it's called. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Hopefully. But yeah, F-A-M-U. That's what it is. But I guess the teams are called Florida A&M. I, I didn't know. go to college. But yeah, that's the story of Robert Champion. I hope he's resting easy. Yeah. And I hope his family's doing as well as they can be. Um, and I, I honestly feel like his story's gonna stick with me for a long, long time. Yeah. But yeah, hazing needs to stop. There's no reason for it. No. Just mind your own business, please. Literally be nice to each other. And if you can't be nice, mind your own business. Get out. Leave. Like... It's your problem, then. You don't need to be in a community of people if you're not gonna add anything positive to the community. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Leave. You've been excused. But, yeah, that's all I have for you. Sorry right. I was so heavy. Hopefully you're chill with mummies. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed your time as much as you could. Maybe go watch something happy now. Um, Bluey's always recommended. Or Phineas yes. and Ferb. Yes. Big stands in this household of yeah. chronic pain and paranoia. Yeah. But um, plug in your heating pads. Take your meds. And stay spooky. Goodbye. Bye.